uh, rabbit hole trying to find out who it was that could possibly have read the tape that I listened to when I was, I got nowhere, but I did lose a lot of time. Um, it's easy, is it, to, to lose direction? It's easy to lose direction as a Christian too. To fall into habits and patterns just by default, to have that sense of drifting, uh, no direction, no maybe no sense of belonging. And sometimes we need a reset. Sometimes we need a reset, and that's what we're thinking about this morning. And I think it's helpful as Christians to remember this. When we're thinking about the what of what we're about as Christians, as disciples, it really helps to know the why. Why are we doing the things we do? But ultimately, all of that stems from the who and the who. Who is it we're following? And that then shapes the what and the why of Christian discipleship. And this morning, we're going to spend some time reconnecting with the who, so that we can reset the what and the why for each one of us. Uh, you might be here this morning and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. And you might think to yourself, Christians, Christians do what? They believe what? They they really say that? I... Well, again, this morning is a chance to see why we believe those things and we try to live the way we do. So let's get back to that question. Are you in shape? Are you in shape? This is almost like... Um, one of those um, medical checks you do, those, those checkups, and uh, you might not think, yeah, I've not quite got to that age yet where you have to go regularly to the GP for the health check, uh, but that's what this is. And our first question on our, on our health check today is this, who's the star on our spiritual health check? Who is the star? Uh, look back with me at our passage, and you'll see just in verses 35 and 37, uh, what John the Baptist does, what his pattern is. Uh, Jesus passes, and John the Baptist immediately points him out and says, Look, the Lamb of God. John immediately turns attention away from himself and directs people to Jesus. He throws attention on him. And it's uh, easy to miss this, I guess, but this is very unusual. Very unusual for a, a teacher a, like, a, like John the Baptist at this time, a recognized rabbi, to say to all his followers, if you don't want to be following me, check out that guy over there. Well, that's exactly what John the Baptist does here. Jesus is the star. He calls him the Lamb of God. If you were here last week, I went into some detail about the, the full significance of that title. If you missed it, do look at it again. Missed it again. It's so helpful. Just a quick summary. Lamb of God is the idea that there's a sacrifice needed. Uh, that... A sacrifice can be made on our behalf that all the consequences from God that we deserve for what the Bible calls sin, about saying no to God, shove off, and instead living our way in his world, all the consequences from God that we deserve for that falls on a sacrifice, a sacrificial lamb. That's what that title means. And John the Baptist said, look, he's got it. Follow him. I've been watching a, a documentary uh, on Netflix about uh, American uh, college football, and uh, there's a moment where this college, they, they sign a new star quarterback, a guy called Tim Tebow, uh, and he's the star, and everyone's really excited about this guy, and one of the established members of the team, he, he was one of the stars, he said, oh, I'll make this guy feel at home, and he, he takes him out, he takes him to a club, and they're at a club, and a girl comes up to him, and she says, I know who you are, he's like, yeah, you do, and he's like, you're the guy who brought Tim Tebow. Oh. Well, that's the problem for us as Christians. He's the star. You want to look at us, you want to look at 
Jesus? That's the first question in our health check. Is it all about Jesus or is it all about you? Do we feel grumpy when we don't get our way? When we can't get uh, follow our preference in church or in life? Remember, we follow because we've been found. We became a Christian because we wanted to follow someone else, not ourselves. Second question on our spiritual health check is this. Who gets your time? Uh, who gets your time? Again, boys and girls, if you're making notes, you can draw, hopefully, what might be a little helpful picture, each one. A star, a clock. Who gets your time? What happens as the disciples, uh, these two people come up to Jesus? Jesus says, what do you want, literally, to, what are you seeking? Where are you staying? Jesus replies, come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying. They spent the day with him. Do you spend time with Jesus? That's what these two do here. Jesus says, look, literally, who are you seeking? Jesus is the one we're seeking. If we've been seeking him, we should be people who spend time with him. And that's what Jesus invites them to do. He says, come and see. Spend time with me. And when we spend time with Jesus, do you know what happens? We're changed. Time with Jesus changes people. You may, not, you may think, well, how will I spend time with him if he's not here? He's not, he's not in the room. I can't be with him, can I? Actually, by his spirit, he is with us. And by his word, we can get to know him. Um, when Lois and I first got together, we first started going out. This was before emails, really. No, John, surely you know all of the 27. Nothing's <laughs> <laughs> not nice. Um, it's before cheap phone calls, before texts. We wrote to each other. We wrote maybe twice a week to each other. And although I wasn't with Lois, we still got to know each other. I was able to spend time with her by reading her letters and writing back to her. That's how we spent time with Jesus. It's hard to follow someone you don't know. Now, I know there's many people here who are super busy. Your time is so squeezed, isn't it? There are young parents here. You've got no time, have you? The people who do shift work, unsociable hours, it's hard to make that time. I think we need to help ourselves, don't we? We're not always talking about that chunk of time necessarily at the beginning or end of the day, although it certainly helps. But we're talking about, look, is Jesus on your mind? Can you find ways to spend time with Jesus on your commute, in the car, uh, at lunchtime, at tea time? Is he there? Is he, are you being present with him and him with you? Well, who gets your time? So the question on our spiritual checkup is this. Uh, where's your identity? Where's your identity? Uh, I think what happens next is really bold. You see, um, they go and find uh, Andrew. The first thing he did was to find his brother Simon. He tells him, verse 41, we've found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Simon, uh, Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas. That is Peter. He gives him a new name. Jesus has the authority to give Simon Peter a new name, to give him his identity, who he is. People uh, are fascinated, aren't they, by their, their identity. Uh, that's why we've got all the, uh, the, the Who Do You Think You Are programs. Boys and girls, you may have done a project at school where you've done a family tree. Who's my mum and dad? Who was their mum and dad? And, who are my cousins and all that kind of thing. 
because we, we, we want to find out who we are. People do DNA tests to see if they can find long lost relatives. And I guess we define ourselves all kinds of ways by the work we do, the place we live, the place we're from. But ultimately, Jesus says, no, I'm an authority and I give you your identity, who you are, and what you're to be about in this world. And that's why the fourth question is linked to the third. What's your mission? As we think about our spiritual health chain, what's your mission? Because you see, our identity leads to our mission. Jesus gave Peter this new name. Peter literally means the rock or like rocky. Um, it's like a nickname. Because one day, Peter is going to be the rock on which Jesus built his church. That the identity gives him his purpose. Do you know what names Jesus gives his followers? He calls them friends. He calls them sisters and brothers. He calls us citizens of heaven, subjects of the king. That's your identity this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus. Because uh, that's our identity, it gives us our mission. Our mission is to be those people, to be a citizen of heaven in your workplace. Standing for justice and fairness, to be in your family, uh, beacons of, of truthfulness and reconciliation and love and kindness and service. There's a, there's a fancy name for what happens when your name gives you your job. We won't bother about that, but I wonder, boys and girls, if you can guess the jobs for these people. This is a real person, Tom Kitchen. Can you guess what his job is based on his name? Hands up, anyone who can guess what his job is. Yeah! Amazing, straight up. He's a chef, because that's what his name is. He had to be. Uh, next one, a bit harder. Uh, Aaron Farr, I've said it quickly. Um, if that's his name, what is his, his job? Aaron Farr. Aaron Farr. Yes. Farmer. Ooh, could be because of Farr. Yeah, what else could it be? An athlete, that's right. He's a runner. Because Aaron Farr. Aaron Farr. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one, a bit ugly. Um, Brad Slaughter. What's Brad Slaughter's job? At the back. A butcher. Yeah. Can you believe it? Uh, and finally, this one. Uh, if I was joking, um, what would I be? Go on. Oh, sorry. Say it out loud. I can't hear that. A king? Good boy. No, it could be that. It's not. Comedian. Yeah. That's right. Uh, all, all of those are real, apart from the last one. Um, but that's it, our identity gives us our mission, and Jesus gives <coughs> us our identity, so that's our mission. So in our spiritual health check, we need to ask, is he directing us as his person in every area of our lives? Final one is this, uh, and you may have spotted it as we, we went through, uh, are you sharing? I should look at the pattern that we through, we see all the way through. Uh, it's the first two disciples. What do they do? They find Simon. Uh, what do they do? They say, "Come and see." Philip finds Nathaniel, <clears throat> and this is uh, worth just spending a few moments on. Philip found Nathaniel. He said, "We have found the one Moses wrote about." Nathaniel is not to be convinced easily. Verse forty-six. Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? It's like someone in Bedford saying, can anything good come from Luton? <laughs> or 
Maybe people that can actually say Ted Hughes from Kempston. Um, it's still that sense of slight kind of snobbery. I mean, what is he? He said, come and see. Come and meet him for yourself. And a personal encounter with Jesus changes the family. Well, we love to share, don't we, what we, what we love. Uh, earlier uh, last week, uh, Gina, who was baptised last week, came round and gave Zach a cooking lesson on how to cook sushi. Uh, and Zach said, this is the best food I've ever tasted. Thanks, Zach. Um, but this is what he made. And he said, look, you have some, Dad. It's amazing. You should have some of this. And it was. It was really good. But we love to share what we enjoy. And so that's what we see in this passage. These people have met someone life-changing, and so they want to share it. It's a good question for our spiritual health check, isn't it? Are we sharing? Are we prepared to share? Sometimes I can take the form, can't it, of inviting people to church things, carol services coming up, Remembrance Sunday. But sometimes it's just about being prepared to speak when someone asks us a question about what we believe or why we live a certain way. It's pointing someone to resources and never underestimate the power of personal testimony. People who can see that ability to say, Jesus changed my life in this way. We saw that in the testimonies last week in the evening from the baptism. Are you sharing? Now, it's easy to get to that, the end of that list and go, that's quite, that sounds like quite a lot of hard work. And that's why we need to remember the why. Why am I going to let Jesus dictate my purpose in every area? Why do I need to? Why would I want to? And so if we're talking about how are we going to get shaped, we need to go here. This is our second big idea this morning. Let Jesus shape you. Uh, let Jesus shape you. That's the key to getting in shape. It's not lifting weights, it's not running, it's not dieting. It's letting Jesus shape you. Because we see in these verses what sort of person he is. Firstly, we see he's the saviour. You see that there can be called the Lamb of God? He is the one who has the answer to, to bridge that chasm between us and God, to offer a sacrifice so that we might be reconciled. And he's the sort of saviour, and this is, this is a beautiful thing, he's the sort of saviour who knows you. He's not distant, he's not, he's not ignorant of who you are and what you're about. You see that when he comes up to Nathaniel, he says, ah, here is a true Israelite. In him there is no deceit. Nathaniel goes, how did you know me? And then he tells him something that only he could, he could know. And that's going away. And, and he, once he confessed the climax of verse 39, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Come and see. Sometimes as Christians we say, look, let's read the Bible to get to know God. But do you know what? Sometimes as you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. And you see in the Bible just all the ways in which God knows who you are and exactly what you're like. That's the sort of saviour he is. But he's not just a saviour, he's also Lord. You see, for us to be in good spiritual shape, Jesus has to be both. He has to be both the one we trust for forgiveness. And he has to be the Lord that we follow and submit to in everything. His identity, his identity has to be complete to us. First, he's called Lamb of God, uh, back up at the top of our passage in verse 36, but then he's also called Rabbi, 
in verse 38, 49. He's called the Messiah or the Christ, the special one who's sent to save. He's the fulfillment of all the Old Testament, verse 45. And then we've just seen he's called the Son of God and the King of Israel. You see, to be in good spiritual shape means that Jesus can't just be an eternal insurance policy. He's so much more than that. It means we have a new loyalty, a new purpose, a new direction. What sort of Lord is he to you? I've been reading uh, this, uh, one of the Thursday Murder Club mystery books. Uh, I know some of you are fans. And uh, there's this moment early on where uh, they meet uh, Mike, who uh, is a self-proclaimed Buddhist, but he's eating steak. And one of the characters says, uh, ah, I've been under the impression that Buddhists were vegetarian. I was always sure. <laughs> Mike says, oh, I I'm Church of England too. Um, so I pick and choose. That's the point of being a Buddhist. Well, I'm not sure it is the point of being a Buddhist, but it's definitely not the point of being a Christian. Uh, we're not pick and choose people. Uh, we submit to Jesus in all things, in all areas of life. And we submit to one who knows and loves, and perhaps most beautifully, serves. See, this king of Israel goes on to the cross. In Mark chapter 15 uh, and verse 17, we read these words. They put a purple robe on him. They twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. He's the king. He's wearing purple. He's got a crown. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with a snap and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. When they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe, put his own clothes on him, and they laid him out to crucify him. Jesus says to Nathaniel in verse 15, You will see greater things than this. And then we get these. Um, Perhaps mysterious words in verse 51. Very truly I tell you, which means I'm about to drop a bomb here, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What do those words mean? Because that's the greater things. Uh, and it comes from a bit in the Old Testament. I'll read it out to you because this is one of those bits where Martha said we have to work that a little bit harder to get at what Jesus is really saying. This is what we see in the Old Testament. Uh, Jacob had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the Lord, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the west, to the east, and to the north, and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I'll bring you back to the land. I will leave, I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not alone. He was afraid to how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. It's a moment in, in the Bible where that the doorway between this world and the heaven is open. And Jacob comes into the very presence of God for himself. He said, oh, how awesome is this place? And to make sense of the next bit, we need these verses. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. 
He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Jesus says here in these verses, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus is saying that there's this person. He's going to have all authority, authority over every person, over every universe. He's going to have cosmic authority. And in that person, that will be the meeting place between heaven and earth. And he's saying, that's me. That's Jesus. Jesus claiming that title for himself. And you know, in all of Jesus' life, the time when he uses that title the most is when he's talking about his own crucifixion. And uh, when he's talking about God speaking to people, what we see, and I think this is, this turns the world upside down, what we see in Jesus is the Son of Man, the, the one with more authority than we could possibly imagine. And how does he use it of God? How does he use all his power and his privilege? He comes to us and he sacrifices himself. He goes to the cross. He used all that power to serve and to save the lost, the people like me, who need forgiveness from him. You will see greater things than these when you see the Son of Man using all that power and all that privilege to save and to serve those who are lost. The chasm between us and God is closed. That's where we see God's glory. Let Jesus shape you. If you come to this Jesus, he will shape you to serve like him. Uh, some of you will have uh, these at home. Can you see that at the back? These, these are, anyone? Well, can you shout out what these are? Anyone? Cookie cutters. Yeah, well done, thank you. Now, these are very boring cookie cutters. They're very circular. Uh, but you at home, no doubt, have got dinosaurs and stars and all kinds of things. What do they do? You get your your <coughs> dough or whatever it is, biscuit mixture, and then you, you put the you put a cookie cutter in and it shapes your creation, doesn't it? That's what we want Jesus to do to us, to take our lives, which are all out of shape and, and chaotic, and to ha have him shape us like he is shaped. You see, if Jesus is just a teacher. If he's just an influencer, if he's just an inspiration, if he's just a leader or a wise man, then you won't be in good spiritual shape. If you know that Jesus is your saviour, but you're not treating him as your Lord, as your King, as the Son of Man, then you won't be in good spiritual shape. You see, if Jesus was just kind, we might like him, but we wouldn't be in awe. We wouldn't obey him. And if Jesus was just mighty and powerful, we might obey him. But we wouldn't love him, would we? But Jesus both those things in one. Let him shape you. And that's how this is all meant to work. We come to Jesus and he shapes us. He shapes our path. He, he helps us to want to spend time with him. He helps us want to share all about him. As we do those things, it takes us back to Jesus. As we spend time with us, we come back to him and he shapes us and then he shapes our path and it works round and round. That's what we're asking and praying for him to do with us.
if you draw to a close. You might be feeling, oh my goodness, um, I have failed in so many ways. I know I have. I haven't, I, I failed the spiritual health check. I failed them last week, I'll fail them next week. That's why I'm so thankful that Jesus is the Lamb of God. And I follow not by my own strength, but in the strength that he gives me. We'll close with uh, these words, which is a prayer of confession. I just follow on from Mo, what Mo said earlier. Let's pray with pray with these together, and I'll head back to Mo. Our precious Saviour, you knew that we could never escape our self-love and passion for power and influence. You gave up all power to become weak and helpless. You took on our frail flesh in order to obey and suffer in our place. Show us our sinful thoughts and motives that melt our hearts with sweet repentance and show us Christ again and again. May he increase, may we decrease in our thoughts and desires until it feels like a privilege simply to do his bidding and to love and serve those he has called us to him. Amen. Learn kill Pepper Cross. For you see where it's black, it shows the camera. If you don't want to worry about it, don't worry about it. Um, but if you notice it, you can just hit back. And then you just go back to the camera. When it, so if you hit black and it clicks on, it shows black, you just go back to camera. One. So during during his talk and during bite size, why is he getting a camera on those two screens there? Yeah, this that's you. <laughs> All right. So that's the last couple of weeks. Man, but it is those, it's just those two there. Yeah, basically what you've got here is camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. That's camera one, that's yeah. camera two. For simplicity of 1115, we're not streaming it. Is it just between camera one and camera two? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be flipping between no, different camera angles. Okay, so what? Because simple as. Because sometimes, basically the reason you have two is because they occasionally walk around the stage. If they, if they walk around the stage, you know, John said to me, just make it as simple as possible. So if they walk around the stage, and I've seen John on the yeah. If they walk around the stage, John said, make it simple rather than Okay. Because I haven't done this about eight months now. Fine. So, <laughs> if I leave it like that, then you can yeah. choose, like, literally one and two, one and two. So you can just choose like, which yeah. way you can see the most in. Yeah. Don't worry about this side. No, no. no I just blank it. Blanket. Yeah. Is that, so is that an on off? Effectively, that, look, everything yeah. back. Camera one, camera two. Yeah. That that's all you need to worry about. So you have to come off, like you've got to go back to the camera. Yeah. It's not on off. Blank, blank. Go blank. Then you're on black. Yeah, you're on yeah. black. That's it. But come off black. Then you go. You pick. Yeah. Main camera side. But that is really only for those two TVs. Oh, do we don't. Well, put... There's a third one as well. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't put any, no cameras now. Right? No cameras on the main. No, no. Right. So it's only only one. Yeah, for, for number because it's yeah. basically those two and the TVs are showing what would be on the stream if you were streaming. But yeah, it's just for that. There's no. Um, do you want to mention the third? Yeah. It's not working. <laughs> right. Okay. I can for I can figure out what. So when you when you so when you're doing private reading, that's still just set out. Yeah. That normally it's a bit gone a bit funky this week. I think because Isaac's away. Right. Um. So normally you have the setup.
Yeah, because normally, instead of like this, because normally, after I do this, Blazer yeah. comes along yeah. and tweaks all of these, yeah. so there's black above. So that's one. Again, yeah. that is just putting it on the screen. Yeah. It goes to the two screens. Yeah. yeah. But like I yeah. said, you don't even need to worry about changing this to the computer, no. No. because it shows that, it shows that. Yeah. So eventually, whatever on here, 